Hi everyone, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Today I've got the wonderful Ambreen Radia on the show. Ambreen is an actress and writer from South London. Her critically acclaimed play The Diary of a Hounslow Girl toured nationally around the UK and has been adapted as a BBC Three pilot. Um, she has uh, many acting credits as well as she's doing extremely well with her writing and being such a pioneer for change. Her play Pot was published by Oberon Books and completed its UK national tour around the country as well, which focuses heavily on girls and gangs and children growing up in the UK care system. She also co-wrote and screened her short film Relapse, which explores the UK prison system. Um, she also works with women in prisons across the UK and continues to facilitate workshops with young women and they discuss issues such as radicalization, body image, domestic violence, girls in gangs and consent. So without further ado, I would love to welcome her to the show. Hey Ambreen, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thanks for being part of this series. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Um, it's, been, it's been great to get you on because like I've been following your work for quite some time and um, you know you've been part of some really great projects and I think you're pretty hands-on with what you do um, but if we were to like to go back rewind a bit um, I'd be curious to know like when the, when the acting bug kind of like started for you and what that was like you know um, being born in an into an Asian family having that kind of background and yet choosing the arts because I, I know I can definitely relate to that yeah I mean I think um uh I mean I had I grew up in a family full of just women you know really really strong women um and I was never um not encouraged to go into the arts I didn't have that background you know there was a lot of other things going on but that particular issue wasn't something that ever sort of came up um but my um my uh sister she really kind of um if there ever was kind of anyone saying oh we don't know we're not too sure and all of this like my sister would always had my back with stuff like that because she herself is a poet and a creative and a spoken word artist so she could relate um and knew that no, that when you get the when you get the bug and when you're a creative at heart to do anything corporate or you know anything like that is just like hell, isn't it? Mm. Um, in uh, in terms of the acting bug, like I um, I guess I, I've always enjoyed it. Like I was always doing like impressions when I was little of different films, and I was always really animated and things like that. But um, there was one point when I just, I wanted to be a hairdresser. Like that was just what I really, really wanted to be. And I was like, oh yeah, great. Like I, I found myself in a little hair salon and I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, I get some tips. I can go clubbing on the weekends. Like life is great. Um, but my drama teacher who I still am in contact with um, basically just said that I think you should pursue acting and you should, you know, pursue it. Uh, and go all the way with it so um, I had a lot of really encouraging teachers and lecturers and stuff along the way um, but it's always been there even though the hairdressing thing was like a little diversion and had I gone down that road god knows where I'd be <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about if you think about it that that's also like you know a, a creative it, it's like a different form of art in a way like I'm sure hairdressers would see themselves as being quite artistic too so it is there is like a link I suppose with anything creative 
yeah I think like I just love meeting people and talking to people as well um and I just really enjoyed being around it was a really small hair salon and I just enjoyed being around women and when you're in college or like you know you're in sort of year 11 going into college like what is more exciting than being given like 20 quid tips to go out and you know have a few drinks and stuff like that is just that's where the dream it's where the dream stops do you know what I mean so it was like this is great um so yeah it's uh yeah and you and you obviously you do a lot of writing so you write your own content and you're you're very involved in I, I, I'm assuming from um, the initiation of a project all the way till the end with a lot of the stuff that you've done. So with the writing then, did that come out of um, a sense of uh, seeing a lack of representation so that you could be involved in like the producing of content more? Um, so when I say lack of representation, I mean for like Asian artists uh, in the UK on like television, yeah I think um it had it had a little bit to do with it initially like um I remember once being in university and everyone had to pick a monologue to do for a showcase um and I found it really really difficult I mean I kept just coming back to Mina and East is East and kept coming back to that and that and that and I was just like gosh there's really no um there's not really any monologues for young Asian women like Mina is not even a you could say she's not necessarily the lead character in East is East either. Um, but to, that's all I sort of saw. And then I started discovering uh, theatre companies like Tara and The Marsha and people like that. And I was like, oh, actually, suddenly a plethora of sort of monologues and pieces started to present themselves slowly. But, you know, they are independent theatre companies. And um, it wasn't really enough. Like, it, it wasn't it's not enough to go around so I wanted to be part of that contribution um and also just uh in terms of the young women I worked with I worked with a lot of young women because I as soon as I came out of university I started teaching and facilitating I didn't go straight into acting um and I worked with a lot of young women um and uh we dealt with issues like girls in gangs and um domestic violence and FGM and all these issues that affect young women and it was with a company called Arc Theatre and it was a project called Raised Voices and loads of young women from around the area sort of came in and um, yeah we just created content with them but I just heard some absolutely incredible heartbreaking joyful um, beautiful stories from them and just their voice in general and I was like gosh I've never seen a young woman Um, at the forefront of a story and in a play, um, particularly a woman of colour. So I guess it was sort of, it was a a sort of combination of of that and then also wanting to contribute to the industry as well. Mm. And and tell us a little bit about um, Diary of the Hounslow Girl. Like, so how much of of this, is this all your story? Um, It's it's not like it's a lot of it is based on um a lot of it is based on friends from school a lot of it is based on the young women that I worked with um some of it yes is is from my I'm a British Pakistani uh, Muslim so a lot of it is based um on my upbringing um but it's really just like a mesh of a mesh of voices and girls that I grew up with and girls that I taught um, and myself all kind of just put into one big pot and cooked up and 
made into a play really <laughs> yeah but it's it's done so well and it's got a lot of uh, I, I know that you know so many so many young girls and I'm sure like others as well like you know people can connect to it a lot more so how much of your of your experiences and upbringing and and you know even things like faith and belief systems and the values we have how much do you think those things really impact um your writing as an artist i think um i think with any writer like i think we all have sort of internal conflicts that go on all the time i consider myself a muslim but then there's also certain um you know aspects of the religion that i um you know battle with all the time every day um and not just uh, my religion but my culture as well and um some of the sort of deep traditions that have been entrenched um and uh you know even even some of my other stuff other material that i've written really is it's a lot of and i think this goes for a lot of writers it's it's kind of having an argument with yourself i feel when you write a play or when you write something and it's trying to kind of work stuff out um but also make an impact so that you teach people something um but yeah a lot of it is a lot of it is sort of internal conflict um sort of manifested really onto the page mm. do you think so as an artist then so you as an actress what has your experiences been like in terms of feeling i suppose accepted in the industry have you come across anything specifically challenging what was the most challenging for you in this process um i think for me uh i mean for me there's just a load of uh, i've got about a hundred different roles and, and characters in my head that i would love to see manifested and which are, which hasn't been managed it's not it, that they don't exist in the industry um you know for example um I, I do a lot of work in prisons as well so speaking to you know female muslim um prisoners and um you know getting their story and now i'm writing a play about that but i just feel like that those that's a story that we haven't necessarily heard yet um and just different sort of tapping into loads of different stories that we haven't heard and then i just yeah i just really really want to kind of contribute and and create them and i guess um i guess yeah like i i love the thought of creating characters and it can be frustrating when those characters aren't already there for you to go and audition with and things like that but that's just the way things are you know sometimes I, and you have to i feel like in order to combat that you have to be a part of the movement for example people like mira sayal and sanjeev basker you know with goodness gracious me you know they sort of they pave their own way and i feel like there's only so much we can complain about it um we have to be a part of the contribution and we have to be a part of if you have a character or you have a story that you really want to tell there's there's no reason you can't tell it um and i think the cure to the antidote to that question is to contribute and i just think i think that that's that's what we should all be doing mm so so basically our our responsibility as artists is is yeah pave the way for this to the changes to happen that we want to see happen 
yeah yeah particularly if you come from a minority um because it can be you know it can be very very frustrating um you know for example if you are um from a sort of uh, if, if you are white and you you know you're a white actress um I'm sure that that's an entirely different kind of process and journey in itself, but um, there are a range of roles there in regards to different, you know, career types, um, different genres, you know, things like that. There's so much, there's so much opportunity there um, to get your, you know, teeth sunk into some really fantastic characters. But I think with us, particularly if talking from like an um from the british asian perspective is that sometimes you know with things like comedy we tend to fall into the characters like you know the the auntie g character and you know it's like this this kind of accent you know this kind of this this kind of uh pakistani indian accent that's kind of like you know like everything is like this it's kind of just still it still exists yeah. and it's like I understand that and I understand that there are people like that but in order to let's move the narrative on like let's move the narrative on mm. and let's create characters like my my mum she never spoke with an accent like that which is why mm. the mother in Hounslow Diaries I didn't want to give her an accent yeah. um, you know but it's like if you're a mother or if you're an auntie you know, within comedy, you're supposed to speak with some kind of accent. And it's like, you, we don't, we don't have to go there. We don't have to do that. Let's, let's move on from that, you know? Mm. Do you think, do you think the representation though of like BAME, you know, ethnic minority actors has improved in the UK though? I know like when I kind of came out of university, I felt like it was just Samira Sayal and Sanjeev Basco, you know, kind of dominating that space but then now you know with I suppose the states have really pushed the boat much more um, but because of that it's inspiring the UK to do the same somewhere I mean yeah I mean since since I've sort of started writing and getting to know other writers you know British Asian writers it, it feels really really promising you know just to hear just to be like in a room with loads of different writers, Asian writers, and just knowing that those writers are now going to create five or six different characters who are hopefully 3D fleshed out. They come from, you know, a completely um, different world. Um, they come from, you know, they all have a unique perspective. So that's really promising when you start to see, when you start to meet and network with loads of different Asian writers. Um, I'm just talking from an Asian Asian point of view, but mm. um, yeah, like, you know, for example, people like Vinay Patel, who I know, um, who, is, who is an incredible writer, and, you know, for example, his episode of Doctor Who and it touching upon the partition, mm. you know, what he's done there in regards to contribution is that he's taken a, a massive BBC One franchise, you know british show and he's you know put a flavor of our history in it and i think that you know things like that are really groundbreaking and really exciting so yeah you know what would your advice be if, if there were certain things that you you had to advise anyone on in in terms of acting specifically or actually any any creative 
profession at the moment in the UK. But in terms of being from an ethnic background, um, even if it is talking about British Asians, in order for them to make a greater impact and, and maybe get more access to the kind of work they want to do, what kind of advice would you be able to give them? Just from an acting point of view? Um, I suppose not just acting, directing, writing, but you know, just getting yeah. just getting noticed, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say you have to be realistic. And if you, as an actor, as an actor, a, a British Asian actor, um, you have to be realistic in regards to your awareness of how many roles there actually are out there. Um, and then also the hundreds of other actors that are going to go for those roles. And if you're happy to do that, and if you're happy to just, you know, um, be an actor, but that, then that's fine. But that is the reality that there are less, far less roles, mm -hmm. which is why I always encourage people to write. Uh, if you can't, not everyone can write. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that from like, you know, a privileged position or anything, saying everyone just go and write. Not everyone can do that. But there are so many other mediums within our industry, directing, um, producing, editing, filmmaking, DOPing. Um, you know, you've got people now during this lockdown doing really, really exciting, exciting things, um, you know, in regards to keep, you know, in regards to producing their own work and things like that. Um, so I would say, there's also things like a crowdfunder, you know, arts council. There's all these amazing um, forms of funding out there that I think a lot of people often ignore. And you have so many opportunities to just get some funding and create a film. I mean, one of my films um, where I collaborated with someone else called Relapse, which was um, crowdfunded. It was entirely crowdfunded. Mm -hmm. So, um, there are ways of, of getting your stuff made. And I would definitely, definitely urge everyone to create their own content. Yeah. And what, what in the process do you most enjoy doing out of like the writing and the acting and producing, if you had to, if you had to choose? I love, I love them both so much. I love acting. I love writing. I'm really, really fortunate enough to be able to sustain a career off both. I think that that in itself is a, an achievement, uh, is such a huge like um, relief, you know, mm. to be able to be an actor and a writer and just pay your rent and live is, you know, that, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm really, if I can do that, that's, that's it. Like I've done it. Um, but uh, I mean, I love, I love writing. Writing can get so isolating. Um, but it's incredibly, um, it's, I was saying actually to um, a friend of mine this morning that it's, it's like a shedding process. It can be quite a shedding process and quite a therapeutic process. And um, depending on what you're writing, you know, I think we all put a piece of ourselves into what we write. So it can often feel um, like a purge, like, you know, and I think it can feel quite quite strange to be left in your own space after you've written something it is like therapy it's like you know quite therapeutic so it can be quite intense I think writing mm. um but I, I love it I love being able I love knowing that I've contributed um specific characters and specific stories that I haven't seen before that only I know based on my experience 
um, and then on the acting side, I'm a huge, like, I love expressing myself when, when the writing becomes too introverted. I love to, I love acting and I love connection. I love connecting with people mm. and listening to people. Um, and I just love, um, particularly with screen, like, I just love how small everything is and understated and kind of, yeah. um, it's the opportunity to just really play and connect with human, um, the human sort of makeup and anatomy and connection it's just it's a really beautiful thing i think yeah a, a thing which i know that a lot of actors struggle with is um also the ability to disconnect so when you are you know going to something that you really want to get as an actor and um, you know you do all this preparation and you put your heart into it and then you get into that audition room and perform and then you know to just be able to disconnect from the outcome um, I mm. think it's a challenge we all face when we get attached. Is there any, any experiences that you've had with that? And how do you find yourself dealing with that situation? Um, I think it's got easier over the years. Initially, it was like, it's like you're like really heartbreaking because you're just like, oh, I've learned all these lines and I don't even get a call to tell me like whether like yes or no. Like it's so disrespectful. But, um, but actually... Um, I think over the years you become more resilient to it and you understand that that's the industry that you're in. Um, I, I've also been on the other side of casting as well. So it gives you a perspective as to how fickle it can be yeah. in regards to, you know, what they're looking for. And it's just the tiniest thing. So it really puts things in, into perspective when you're, when you're sat on the other side. But when you're just an actor coming in, you know, it can feel very intense when, uh, when you don't get a role. But I think, um, I think you get used to it as, as time goes on. Mm. Rejection is a huge part of, of, this, uh, of this career. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel that going on, on to gender then a little bit, do you feel that now in terms of gender representation and, and not just in front of the camera, but also behind the camera, do you think women are getting more opportunities now and are being represented more in the particularly in the UK industry of course um I think there can be more of a which is what I'm attempting to, to contribute is I think there can be more of a range in regards to to female narratives mm. um and I think for you know for in terms of the mainstream stuff we see, I think quite often it's like women are presented in, in a certain way, which is um, specifically for the male gaze. So they're, they're appeasing to the eye. You know, if you're, you know, you see a lot of stuff, you know, Hollywood stuff and big sort of American stuff. And you're like, gosh, like that's not reality, you know? And I think it's okay to show women at their most vulnerable um and also on the other hand we need to show women with strength because women have a lot of strength like i think women i've been raised by women and the the, the strength i've seen has just been absolutely incredible and i do fail to see that on screen sometimes mm. um and also like you know uglier characters you know in terms of I'm not talking about aesthetically or anything I'm talking about in how women have been sort of conditioned to 
um, you know, all these words that are sort of thrown at you, like things like modesty and gracious and elegance and all of that. And it's just like, you know, there's so many, so many other women who, who have come from really, really um, tough backgrounds. Like, why can't we just see the ugliness with, with it all? You know, why do we have to be in sort of glass boxes all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's still a little bit more work to do. I mean, I've seen a lot of sort of independent stuff that has shown that I watched um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri yesterday. And for me, that's just a groundbreaking female lead character. Yeah. Um, Absolutely incredible. You know, um, even like Kathy Burke's not afraid to just, you know, show the real, the real rawness and ugliness, you know, just like let's, you know, let's show different types of women. Um, you know, otherwise, what? It, otherwise, it's just like it's a very, very. I don't want to say, it, but it can kind of be a little bit kind of pornographic in a way. Like it's just mm-hmm. you know, women either being kind of sexualized or, um, yeah, or just kind of very, very or victims. You know, so yeah. it's, I think those are sort of two things we see we see quite a bit. Um, and I and I suppose it, it, it's even more important for that representation to be correct sometimes because then it, it's like how it's influencing, uh, you know, people in the audience as well. And I think for women growing up and for kids growing up to see like strong women being represented is also important. Yeah, and I also I also think that people that you know realistically I think that we are surrounded by incredibly strong women all the time. So why are we not seeing, you know, the whole point of, um, the whole point of television and the whole point of stage and the whole point of that medium is to reflect reality. And the reality is, is that there are very, very strong women out there and very diverse and um, three dimensional. And, you know, there's just so many different, different types of women out there. And I just don't necessarily feel like, um, people are necessarily ready to show all of their like flaws and scars and wounds and Mm. ugliness because it doesn't sell yeah yeah how are you how do you sort of keep your mental health in check in terms of as a creative professional because I I know like this is something which I I enjoy talking about a lot because I just think that um a like I, I I think that some some people find it really difficult to talk about and still view it as being taboo, especially in like Asian families. And um, it doesn't really get spoken about so much. And then it's like the idea of also being in a profession, which is really not only demanding, but insecure. And, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen when, or, you know, people are living paycheck to paycheck. And there's just, there's, there's so much which goes with that. Have you, is there anything that you you do for yourself to make sure that you you know for your own well-being you keep in check um well first of all i think you can't i think waiting for the phone to ring as an actor will do your head in like it will just do your head in so that which is why i always say please find something else to do you know as well as writing in order to pay the rent i also run workshops in prisons i teach i do things like that and i find it so incredibly rewarding um and I love it so much uh 
and I guess those doing those different things and having loads of different things to kind of turn to as opposed to just the industry and the and, and the acting which is something that you're not really in control of I think you've you've got to just have a load of other things you do I also um I exercise quite a bit I go for you know long runs mm. um I think that that's a huge that helps me hugely um I also um have therapy I'll be very open about that um I'm in a very fortunate position where um I'm able to to have therapy and um yeah like I don't think that there should ever ever be a taboo or a kind of um uh you know any kind of anything any kind of bad sort of um label around that I think you know therapy has saved my life so I think that people should be open to to seeking that particularly mm. in this industry as well everything is feels very unstable financially you know spiritually you could say mentally um so yeah you know but we do you're right you know it's particularly in our culture as well you know even mentioning to to you know an elderly uh, a person you know in the generation above me saying that i'm going for therapy i mean they won't ever say anything but you can see that there's a slight like therapy yeah. like what, what's wrong with you um <laughs> but you know it's it's communicating is is incredibly important and also talking to people who having good people around you not yeah. necessarily in the industry um having good people around you that you can talk to and communicate with and um you know who are prepared to kind of be there and see you at your worst um so yeah there's i do lots of different things i also color in as well i do lots of coloring in mm. i have like pile of adult coloring in books which I just like do that and forget everything and I read a lot as well so yeah lots of little different things yeah I've heard, a, a friend of mine did tell me once to start doing the coloring thing and she said it she found it really like soothing actually because your focus is suddenly like drawn into like that exercise so good it's so good I love it I mean yeah <laughs> oh amazing well thank you for coming on and like sharing a little bit about your journey and um yeah i think i think you you've mentioned some, some great things which are really useful to creatives great brilliant thank you so much for having me that was the end of an episode on the series of ignite i hope you continue to tune in every sunday for a brand new episode with a brand new guest this series is super close to my heart um being with fellow creatives so I really hope you enjoy it stay updated with everything Unplug with Annie on the website of course and the IG page and Facebook page Unplug with Annie